The Selection Box is the weekly recommendations podcast from an Irishman abroad and it's your place to find the definitive list of arts and cultural things you want from music, documentaries, books, films and tech. You'll find it all here with the help of our team of experts Tom Dunn, Rory Cash and Owen Doherty, Ethna Shorthall and Una Minkavna. This is yet another member exclusive and another reason for you to sign up on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Members now get four weekly episodes, including Marion McKeown in America, Sonia Sullivan as their running and wellness coach, and of course, the now legendary Sunday feature interview in full, unabridged, uncut. There's also the exclusive access to our archive packed full of hundreds of interviews with Ireland's best exports. Well, this is the music selection box with Tom Dunn and has some great shouts and one or two things I haven't heard of but have since checked out and now love. This is a little extract from it to whet your appetite. So come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and start to enjoy. Hello and welcome. Tom Dunn is here with me now. And, you know, Tom, we've so much to get through. But this is what you've brought together for us this week is a collection of uh, things old and new that people need in their lives. Some of them are controversial. Some of them are absolute no brainers. You just need this. And I guess I thought the best place to start is with this story behind the 30 best Irish hits. Now, this 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 album that you put together in, was it 2001? Yes, it was. And like, I, I, I'm be amazed now if people listening to this don't have a copy of it, because if you were around at that time, this was a must have album. It went multiple times. Did it go platinum six Six times times. And spawned yeah. all these follow-ups and and so much debate as well. Yes. When did when did the idea? You tell us about this and when I, the idea came along. It was all it was all very innocent and sweet. Um, I had just started the Pet Sounds radio show, which was on uh, Today FM, and new independent radio that might possibly actually last was a new concept. And the idea of a different voice in Ireland that wasn't an RTE voice was a new concept. So I started the show and uh, the Tribune it was, Irish newspaper, asked me to write a series of articles about uh, Irish albums. And I did that. But then I, I wondered if we'd get the audience. So it was as simple as that. And I threw it out to the audience. Um, we got letters and emails. That was how the world worked. And the letters were probably the things that most caught your attention because people were telling you stories about why these songs meant stuff to them. But the, the band that really stood out in all of it were Horselips. And I found this really interesting because Horselips had broken up 20 years earlier. Uh, very famously, a gig in Belfast, 1980. At the end of the gig, they threw the fiddle in the air. And that was it. So two decades had passed. But yet, Horselips finished as the third most loved band in Ireland in 2020, 2001. Uh, so you 2 were first, Thin Lizzy second, and then Horselips. Unbelievable. It just amazed me. Amazed me. So... The letters were basically saying that people were painting portraits of living in small towns in Ireland and your only option for live music were the show bands. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And the show bands were very entertaining, but it wasn't original music. So you'd read about original bands, but the only actual original band who would take the time to come to town were Horselips. And they were amazing. So people went to those gigs. Sometimes people would have seen them 10 or 20 times, sometimes more. And uh, they loved them and they didn't forget 
So I put together a top 20 based on the votes and I played that out over several nights and it was before texting and, and a lot of stuff. So he had no real idea how it was going down. But I can remember at the end of it, um, somebody said to me in the evenings, nobody is listening to anything else. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so um, it was all, you know, it was all these songs that ended up on those albums. So you too and, and Horse Lips and Thin Lizzy and the Stunning and Ourselves and Hot House Flowers and bands like that. And um, then a record company said, you know, would you release it and this is when it started to get kind of interesting because I said once we said yeah we would do that I started to come under enormous pressure from the record companies the one I was dealing with Solid who were a brilliant record Irish record label they were very 100% behind me it has to be this list they said but the other record companies that you deal with when you'd go to get permission for the tracks that's when it got interesting so they'd, they'd you'd go to them and you'd say you want you twos with or without you and they'd say you wouldn't just take a track off the new album would you and, and it got kind of worse than that now i've used the example no, wait wait, <laughs> no. wait wait here Holmes. so were you on the phone with these people no they'd got the, the solid were dealing with them okay it, solid would come back to me and say listen um you know this label you know the way i'll just this isn't an example but say you want uh, ace of spades motorheads ace of spades please and they say you wouldn't take a track off lemmy's new album of poetry would you uh, you're going no you can't and i was i think i wasn't long out of the band experience so i was extremely touchy about this right this was songwriting to me this is you know you have a verse and a chorus and it's brilliant and then somebody is suggesting putting a disco hat on it or something. You say, no, don't do that. Let it ruin it. Yeah. But, well, what the concept of the album is is essentially these little crystal balls. They, yeah. Like, oh. you can't replace them with, you know, a beach ball. It, yep. it has to be these things. Uh, yeah. So I'd imagine it starts to become quite an expensive album to put together. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I think we ended up with 34. I know it says Tom Dunn's 30 best. We actually ended up with 34. <laughs> and you couldn't change the name, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, every band gets paid um, and, you know, licensed. So, but but I have to say money was the last thing on my mind. I'm, I'm from a music background, you know, and money has never corrupted me before. And it's not going to start corrupting me now. So, you know, being <laughs> impoverished is part of music. So it's fine. I was fine with that. And uh, the other thing was, apart from trying to suggest different songs, they would try and get their new acts on. So oh. they would have signed. Let's just take six as an example. This might become a kind of like, I'll let you have, you know, you two or someone like that. Not nothing. If you take six and you're going, no, I can't. You can't have six on this. You it's, can't. It's the ultimate. Will you take your brother with you? Yes. Like, no, we're going to a concert. We're yeah. not bringing no, a seven. I, I say, oof, you know, the solid were great. They were very, very, they, they felt the same way about it. So that they were very, you know, solid on that. The hardest of all, though, were people that I knew really well. And, you know, who were trying to get a start and had released stuff. And they'd say, uh, it would mean the world to me if I was on this. And I knew it would. Mm. I knew it would. But, you know, it wouldn't have been one person. It would have been about 50 people who wanted that. So that was very hard. You had to kind of say, you know, it's it's really, these are 
excelling Irish songs and, and that's the idea behind it. Did anyone Mostly. take that badly, Tom? No, no. I think they're also musicians, so that they know they know they have to ask and they know they'll probably hear no. So um so that was just the way it was. But the funniest bit of it all was on the night of, of release, there was a, a radio awards thing on that I was at and they'd the record company had left a copy of the album on each table. And um, a certain band manager, <laughs> I'm never going to name. Um, I can imagine who. <laughs> it is way to my table, shaking the CD at me, you know, Tom, Tom. Um, I'm portraying him now as Eamon Dunphy and then he goes, Tom, Tom, come here, Tom. And, uh, he said, yes, this isn't going to sell, Tom. It's not going to sell. <laughs> Actually, Dunphy really suits him, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Baby. <laughs> yeah, baby, sack of sal. <laughs> so I said, "Why not?" You know, and he said, "Because my bad's not out." So um, I was a bit rattled now to tell the truth because he was a very powerful person in the music industry. Sure. And there was also a lot of sense in this because they were a very big selling act, and one or two people at the at the radio station had kind of said, you know. There's a point where you have to put aside your own taste and bands you believe in and just accept this is what the public likes these days. So, you know, he was making that case. This is what the public likes. But I was still, I still had something inside me felt, no, yeah, you have to stick to your guns. And eventually I kind of said to him, look, I think he said it won't sell. And I said, I think to be honest, if they were on it, it definitely wouldn't sell. I just felt that... They're the wrong type of band for the people who like horse lips or the undertones or you too. Yes.